And now, my brethren, I desire that ye shall plant this word in your hearts. And as it beginneth to swell, even so nourish it by your faith. And behold, it will become a tree, springing up in you unto everlasting life. Alma 33, 23. Hey listeners, this is Xander from Book of Mormon Central. And today's podcast addresses the question, why did Alma talk about planting a seed in the heart? While teaching the poor class of people at the Hill Oneida, Alma used a metaphor to help them learn how to cultivate strong and lasting faith. He compared the word of the Lord to a seed planted in their hearts. If it is a good seed, he explained, it would sprout and begin to grow. And if it is properly nourished, it would get root and grow up and bring forth fruit until it becomes a full-blown tree springing up unto everlasting life. As Latter-day Saints scholar John L. Sorensen observed, the Maya of the classic period may have preserved a visual correspondence to this concept through artwork depicting trees growing from the breasts or hearts of sacrificial victims. For example, the Dresden Codex, one of only four pre-Columbian Maya codices, shows a sacrificial victim with a tree growing from his heart that Latter-day Saint archaeologist Johnny Clark described as a literal portrayal of the metaphor preached in Alma, chapter 32. Similarly, Piedras Negras Stella Levin shows a seedling growing from the heart of a sacrificial victim. Sorensen described this as a potentially distorted version of the Book of Mormon image of the gospel seed sprouting from the human heart. On the lid of Pakal's tomb at Palenque, Pakal is portrayed as the sacrificed maize god, and from his body rises the world tree, the earth's central axis. Joseph L. and Blake J. Allen believed the carving has the appearance of a tree of life sprouting from the heart of a king, which is reminiscent of Alma's discourse on planting the seed of faith in our hearts and nurturing it to become a tree. In addition, seven of Pakal's ancestors are depicted as fruit-bearing trees along the sides of his sarcophagus lid, reinforcing the idea that he, like his ancestors, would rise from the dead as an anthropomorphic tree. In a codex from central Mexico, each of the five directional trees for the four cardinal directions plus a central tree is depicted as growing out of the bodies of a sacrificed earth goddess, these images appear to be related in some way to that found on Pakal's tomb, thus suggesting that this was a pan-Mesoamerican concept. Alma's metaphor would have naturally resonated with peasant farmers of a predominantly agricultural society, much like the Savior's parable of the sower was relatable to his audience of laborers and agriculturalists in Palestine. Yet the imagery reviewed here suggests that there were additional factors that made this metaphor meaningful within the possible cultural backdrop of Book of Mormon peoples. As Sorensen reasonably concluded, quote, When Alma taught the Zoramites a lesson in faith, referring to the tree of life sprouting from the heart, he was using Mesoamerican religious imagery, close quote. Kirk Magleby likewise reasoned, quote, Alma may have been alluding to an existing Mesoamerican cultural idea, painting a mental image that his Zoramite hearers in Antionum would have understood. Close quote. 
and indeed that image was used in those surrounding cultures to portray the rising of a royal being unto an eternal glorified life. And Alma wanted to assure his listeners that the seed of belief in the power of resurrection through the Son of God would grow up in them as ordinary people to yield the fruits of eternal life. Moreover, in ancient Mesoamerica, the world tree, or tree of life, held the order of the cosmos together. Through ritual actions and sacrifices, rulers would become the personification of the world tree and perform rites that restored and maintained the cosmic order and balance. As Elizabeth A. Newsom explained, quote, Kings assume the role of this nurturing plant in their sacrificial rites, thus becoming a source of spiritual power, abundance, and everlasting life. Close quote. Within such a cultural background, being shut out of the sacred worship spaces and thus being unable to witness and participate in such rites would have constituted a significant spiritual crisis for these poor and humble Zormites. Alma built upon this circumstance, teaching his audience that they could, in fact, still worship the true Son of God outside their synagogues. They could pray in their own homes and in their own hearts, and that by doing so, they could personally have that tree springing up unto everlasting life within themselves. Assuming Alma was drawing upon this conceptual world, doing so likely maximized the impact and effectiveness of his teachings to these poor and humble Zoramites directly addressing the pressing and urgent spiritual crisis they felt by being shut out of their synagogues and worship services. He thus demonstrated his sensitivity to his audience's needs to hear the gospel taught according to their language unto their own understanding, a concept that goes beyond mere language and words and extends to the various cultural backgrounds, life experiences, and historical settings of God's children, both past and present. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Book of Mormon, visit bookofmormoncentral.org and click on the Know Why tab.